Hi guys and welcome back to Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly I am fucking Livy. Let's start this episode off with the big announcement. If you listened all the way through to last week's episode, which I hope the fuck you did, um, you will know, or you follow me on Instagram and see the revealing pictures I just posted. They're really not even that revealing, and my merch shoot was honestly iconic. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is I have podcast merch. Midday Matcha merch is out now. So you actually have to go and buy it. Like, honestly, it's criminal if you don't go and buy it. Like, what is wrong with you? It's only out, I think, for like the next 10 days. So get it before Christmas. Get it for your family members. Get it for every single person. Um, Get it for your boyfriend, you know, literally whoever. But go buy my merch. I'm going to link the um, link to it. I don't know what. My brain is like literally not here today. I just said I'm going to link the link. Anyways, I'm going to link the podcast merch down below as well as I'm going it's on my Instagram profile it's on my TikTok profile go buy your merch surprisingly it took me a while to come up with to the with the design of this merch like I went back and forth with the designer for a very 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 long time and you're like Livy it's pretty simple and basic anyways fuck all the way off I wanted whatever it was a long process I'm gonna say like a two three month process so go get your merch while you can go rock it go be a bad bitch and support me and just love me be me so that is my big announcement that I wanted to start the episode off with is let's do get some fucking merch anyways This week's episode is going to be completely different. Last year this time, I did like a 2020 recap and I did all the behind the scenes and stuff like that of like stuff that happened that I never really talked about. So I decided to, I was like, I want to do something like that, but completely different actually, if I'm being honest. I had really close people to me ask me questions and I have not read the questions yet. I haven't even really looked at them very much and I'm going to answer them honestly on here with you guys. They're going to be like deep and vulnerable too. And then I'm going to get into the future of Midday Matcha at the end of this episode because there is some things that I need to talk about and I want to talk to you about. So it's going to be a light and funny episode, but actually I literally have no idea. It could get really deep and depressing. Literally, who knows? But I had some of the closest people to me, probably the closest people to me, ask me these questions. I have no idea what they're going to be. So bear with me. And let's do this one together. Ah, I'm fucking nervous. So you talk a lot about confidence. This is the question, by the way. So you talk a lot about confidence, being confident. Will you talk a t- talk about a time that you weren't super confident and how you were able to get where you are now? Um, a time that I honestly wasn't super confident was probably when I was 18 to 19 years old. We all know I was in a toxic relationship and like that relationship, honestly, there just like was no confidence whatsoever. I feel like I always faked it a little bit, but being in that relationship, I was just very unhealthy mentally, physically, literally all of the above. And I just was not super confident then. And also actually in the prime of my eating disorder, like when I was probably my smallest, my tiniest that I was, I was not confident 
whatsoever. Like you're not a confident person and have an eating disorder. You know what I mean? Like you don't love yourself and have an eating disorder. So I would say during that time, like I always thought I was so ginormous and I could never be skinny enough. So I feel like that time too, like I actually wasn't super confident, but I definitely faked it. Whereas now I feel like a genuine confidence and like a genuine love for myself. Um, how was I able to get where I am now? Honestly, daily affirmations i'm not gonna lie like when i look at myself and tell myself how amazing i am like you start to believe exactly what you say like those daily affirmations fucking work and that's why i tell everybody to do them and not only just daily affirmations i just feel like i don't know believing more in myself and realizing my worth a little bit more and what i deserved i'm like i deserve the fucking world i don't like how i was treated in the past i'm not gonna let anybody treat me like that not even me again like i'm gonna learn to love myself and i think it's just learning to love every part of yourself like i think i still struggle with that of like um the eating disorder stuff i think that will always be a struggle for the rest of my life but it's learning to love myself regardless of what I think I look like you know like because there's so many other traits to me yeah so I think it's just learning to really love yourself and be with yourself is a big thing and cut anybody out of your life that's like you're looking gross and that is affecting your confidence in any sort of way that's my biggest advice on that one what are your green flags in a man um Immediately, I wanted to say money, but like the thing is, that's not true whatsoever. And I feel like I come across a little bit like a gold digger on this podcast, and like that's not the case whatsoever because I make my own money. But I, green flags in a man is someone who's in therapy, someone who is very clearly emotionally available and can have emotional conversations with you, someone who, these are like my personal green flags, are just understanding of what I do and what my goals and dreams are and like they don't try and prevent that in any sort of way and they don't really have an ego that's like a really big thing with me is like I don't feel like I can be with a guy who has a big ego because like I have a ginormous ego I still want someone to be confident but like I just don't want to be like I don't really do well with guys who have big egos because they think they can walk all over me and I'm like bitch do you know who you're talking to I'll fuck you up no but green flags in a man I just think is emotional vulnerability a hundred percent and like an understanding of things and someone who's in therapy and works on themselves like and is striving to be the best version of themselves is green flags for me in a man personally is going to be emotional vulnerability because I am an emotional ass bitch who's been through some shit and if you're going to have to be with me we're going to have to work through those things together and I think those are some green flags because I do talk a lot about the red flags but just being open to a bunch of different things honestly and just I feel like open-mindedness is like the biggest thing to me and being emotionally vulnerable oh my god I don't even think I've admitted that to myself but I just do want somebody who can we can talk about emotions and stuff and they have a better understanding of where I'm coming from with things and just I honestly just feel like someone who understands my work and what I do and that this is my life. You're living in it. No, but like this is just this is who I am. Don't try and change this person because she makes me a lot of fucking money. No, but just like don't try and change me. So those are my green flags in men. Ooh, it seems like you've dated or been involved with lots of toxic men. That is true. Have there been any good things that came out of those relationships or big lessons? Yes. Um, My podcast. No. So I always say that 
there's people that are in your life for a reason. It's either a blessing or a lesson. And it can be both. So I always am like at the end of a relationship or a talking stage or even a friendship, I'm like, what did I gain from this person? Like, what did I learn from them? And with my exes, there was good things that totally came out of those relationships. And honestly, it just comes down to my self-love and my self-worth for myself. Like I've completely transformed myself as a human being after those relationships. And I just, yeah. I just like really transformed myself and I think that's what I needed. I wasn't going to tolerate someone who was cheating on me. I wasn't going to tolerate someone who was abusing me and I needed to go through those things to become who I am now. And I would not change that for the world. And I really had to learn independence and like self-love and those things. So those are good things that came out of those relationships. Also, the time spent together I what no, you know what? I really was gonna try and say something nice and be like, yeah, I really valued the time spent together. I kind of didn't, and I think that's fine to like. I valued it probably at the time, but like I look back and I'm like, why the fuck did I ever let anybody treat me like that? I deserve the absolute world, and if they weren't gonna give it to me, then that's their problem. So I'm not even gonna be like, I valued that time with them. I just I valued everything that they taught me about myself at the end of the day. That's about it, babes. Ooh, you kind of talk a lot about how shitty your dad is and your parents divorced. Did anything come of that? Or do you have any good family stories between you, your mom and my sisters? So yeah, I don't have a father. I'm pretty open about that. And I'm not sad about that either. Um, Something that was really great about that, the divorce, was just my mom, my sisters and I, felt so trapped the entire time and we couldn't really do anything together or like really be together and like actually love each other in a correct way because we were in such a toxic traumatic household with a specific person my father um that I felt like we weren't getting we couldn't really get close and like the closeness we did share was probably out of fear you know what I mean so the good things that came from that there's so many good things I just feel like I'm so close with my mom and my sisters and we're just such like that is my family unit and I'm so close with them we fight like normal family does but what in a time when you have everything ripped away from you like your home that you grew up in literally no money and nothing And you look around and you have, I have my amazing mother who literally loves me to death and my sisters, you're going to make the most out of what you have. So like now, I think that's like five, six years has passed. Since then, we always look back and we're like, remember when like mom could not even get us Christmas presents, but like somehow found a way to do that. And now we're like spoiling my mom with Christmas presents and she's spoiling us even more. And we're like, remember those times we couldn't even take a vacation if we wanted to. And now we're doing like trips to wherever, you know, it's like we always look back on that time. Like we've been through some shit together and but look how far we've came, you know, every single one of us individually and together, because there was a time that we couldn't even be in like the same room with each other because tensions were just so high. And now it's like we spend all the time that we want to together. And so I feel like the best thing that came out of that is the fact that I have my mom and my sisters and how close I am with them. And like we're just so supportive because we were around someone who was so unsupportive and so toxic and so horrible that like we're just so beyond close and like a lot of people actually haven't understood why I'm so close with my mom for a while like close friends of mine it's like when you go through those things that you go through with 
like that I went with with my sisters and my mom of like fight or flight every single day and I felt the need to protect everybody and stuff like that you become so so close to them because you remember those bad times and like do anything for them so the best thing that came out of that is how close we truly got and just like the love that we have for each other and also like my financial independence to be 100% honest after losing everything I was like I will never be in that position again and I've taken some risks financially and stuff like that but I just just being independent is what I've learned and I'm like I can do whatever the fuck I want it just in life whatever I put my mind to I can genuinely do whatever I want because I've been told so much before that I can't do something and then I've proved every person wrong so it's like Anything he told me I couldn't do, I look back and I'm like, please, honey, please, it's me. Like, fuck all the way off. Yeah. So just like those are probably the good things that came out of it It was just how close I am with my mom and my sisters and just my own independence from the whole situation. And like, I don't need to rely on anybody ever like I have myself. And that's really all I need. So the independence and the love. That was a deep one. Who thought I'd talk about my motherfucking father on this podcast? Not I. Anyways, how do you make good friends? And what do you look for in good friends versus the toxic, one, toxic ones you've cut off? Oh, girl. Um, I've talked about this. So clearly you don't fucking listen to the podcast. No. So I've talked about this. How do I make good friends? I make my good friends by similar interests and stuff like that I'd say like I talk about I'm not going to be I love nice dinners I'm not going to be friends with someone who like never wants to go to nice dinners and like doesn't want to splurge and spend money on those kind of things just because like we won't really align so I think that's really important as well as like really good communication in friendships of like if something's bothering us then we can talk about it as well as like I don't really have any drama with my friends and if I do we talk about it but just like being friends with people who really don't give a fuck about the drama of things and are just supportive of each other no matter what and yeah like I don't really have any drama oh my god knock on wood but like I actually don't have any big drama that I felt like I experienced a lot in past friend groups per se so I feel like I'm just surrounded by very secure and loving people even if they don't feel like they're secure they're pretty secure and they don't I feel like we're just really supportive of each other and everyone's accomplishments like I feel like that's what I look for someone who can be like yes this is so amazing instead of like if I tell you something good like you try and like bring me down or something like that where it's like I have just really great in support of people around me and I give the same energy out to them and I'm supportive too I'm very supportive I feel what if I like wasn't and I just was convincing myself that I was but yeah I feel like that's how I make good friends is by looking for similar things that I'm giving out and then yeah that was really the only question I thought it was a two-part question my bad my motherfucking bad this is deep what are your personal and professional goals for 2022 and how are you going to achieve them I have a big move coming up. That's probably a big personal one. Let's go with personal goals first. My personal goals are to complete my move and just move. <laughs> Literally get the fuck out of here. And that's probably a big personal one. I also want to be more 
open to the idea of dating and talking to men and not thinking everyone's absolute fucking trash the whole time vibes i think literally everybody sucks so i definitely want to be more emotionally available i feel as if i'm probably not very emotionally available at this time of my life i want to let go and heal past hurts and traumas which like i'm fully doing in therapy right now of things that i didn't think affected me but do like dealing with death and grief that I haven't really dealt with at all in my life. I'm like trying to get through those things. So when I do move, I have a fresh start. So I feel like those are my personal goals and just to like make good memories. Um, my professional goals, the weird, I don't really know. I have, I have like big picture goals where I'm like, this is my big picture goal. Whatever the fuck I have to do to get there, I'm fine with that. I professional goals as well I feel like I need to be a lot less hard on myself I'm very much a perfectionist and I'm very like I know the life I'm supposed to be living and I'm not really there right now and that's okay it's like the journey to get there and I'm trying to like embrace every moment of it also I'm probably not going to tell you my professional goals to be honest because I just don't want to like come on here and talk about them I am in the middle of a rebrand currently so just finishing my rebrand and just loving the content I'm putting out there 100% is going to be what I'm going to tell you guys for my professional goals. But yeah, also just like not being as insanely hard on myself that I am. Like it's because it's an everyday battle with myself and I don't really love that. But how am I going to achieve them? How I always fucking do. I just achieve whatever I want and I put my mind to because I'm that bitch. And that's just simply what I'm going to do, babes. That's literally what I'm going to do. All right. What insecurity of yours limits you the most? Um, hmm. It's hard because I almost feel as if I don't have any insecurities, but like I know I have insecurities. No, I'd say <laughs> my short hair, my balding fucking head, um, the hair that I do not have really limits me from being the inner baddie that I am. Okay, let me answer it seriously. Just the eating disorder. Let's be honest. The eating disorder really can limit me from just when I have those days where I'm feeling fat, I feel can limit me from loving myself to the degree I know I should love myself. But those days aren't as severe as they used to be. So I'm grateful for that. But that's the insecurity that limits me the most. But also my perfectionism. I have really, really bad perfectionism and my OCD. That really limits me from just enjoying life. Yeah. And that's an insecurity I have is my OCD and perfectionism because it really does prevent me from living life a lot. What's something you wish you knew or learned earlier in life? I wish I knew earlier in life that I was going to have a gorilla grip pussy. No, I wish I something I wish I knew earlier in life was um, I don't need anybody but myself. I don't need these men that I think I need in my life, like my ex-boyfriends and stuff, um, because they weren't even giving me the love I know I deserved and I can give myself that love. I wish I knew that earlier in life. And I wish I knew about investing into the stock market at age seven so I could have been a billionaire by 22. That's about it. 
how do you keep yourself at a high vibration or stay positive? I have a very small circle of people that I let around me. I really do. The people that I'm close with, a very small circle that I have around me. And I trust those people and I love those people. And I'm just not surrounding myself with a lot of energy that could be negative or toxic whatsoever. And then how do I keep myself at a high vibration? I don't know. I just try and enjoy every little moment that I have. And I, one thing I really do love is to be around people and make people laugh. And that's always what I've loved to do. So when I'm around people, I feel like that raises my vibration even higher. And just staying positive, it's like all a mindset by just being like, you gotta, bitch, you gotta be positive. You gotta find, there's a lesson in every situation. Find the lesson and keep going. And just not, I'm trying now to like just not take life so seriously. And just, I don't know, I feel like I've been at really dark points of my life and I'm like really grateful that I'm not depressed like that anymore. Honestly, to be honest. Ooh, movies, shows, podcasts, music that have made an impact on me. Um, movies, a lot of movies, Jennifer Lawrence as an actress has made the biggest impact on me and is probably a reason that I got into comedy, but then again, like acting as well. That's just a person, like all of her movies, I absolutely love. That's making an impact on me. Wolf of Wall Street, just the way it was done made an impact on me. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to get into is creating art like this. Podcasts, hmm. Like, I feel like it hasn't really made a big impact on me. Um, but I just do love a lot of podcasts. Oh, Girls Gotta Eat. They have some really great guests on there that help with, like, you realizing who's a narcissist in your life and things like that. Like, that's made a positive impact on me because I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that's made great impacts. SNL, of course, has made a huge impact on me. Probably the reason I got into sketch comedy to begin with. That's not a podcast. That's Saturday Night Live. If you don't know what I'm talking about, music. I have certain songs that just have made impact on me and make me feel good that I play. But yeah. Hardest reality check you've had slash truth you've faced. Um, I've had a lot in my life. Like, I was talking about that in therapy, and she's like, you have a lot of trauma. And I was like, why do you think I pay you the big bucks to heal it, bitch? The fuck? No. Um, I have been through, like, a lot of things. But I'm going to think of more recently a hardest reality check that I've had to face is that I can't always get what I want right away. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. I'm very used to working really hard to get what I want and like I say I expect myself to be at a certain caliber of life currently and it's a ridiculous caliber to like expect myself to be at if I'm being 100% honest but facing that reality check of like no, like you got to get your shit together a little bit and just not be so crazy hard on yourself. I think that's been a really big reality check as well as like my sexual assault. Take a shot. I mentioned it of last year was a really big reality check that it was. I don't even know what the fuck the reality check was, but it just made me heal like a bunch of inner traumas. Actually, no, my biggest reality check that I've recently realized is that I haven't really coped with 
a lot of people I've lost in my life, such as death. I have not coped with people, my family members who have died whatsoever, and I fully need to cope with that. So that's probably the biggest reality check that I've been hit with is like, I have all this death and grief trauma that I haven't healed whatsoever, that I thought I healed. And then, baby, let me tell you, it's not healed. So that's probably a huge one. Is that I have to deal with death. Short-term or long-term goals you're excited about? One of them recently was my merch. I'm like really excited about the merch. So go buy that. Um, Short-term... Why is it only the merch? Oh, I have a rebrand coming up that I'm like a little nervous about, but I'm like kind of excited about. I'll get into the rebrand at the end of the episode. But also, yeah, I feel like I don't want to give too much away of what I'm excited. I'm just excited to live my life. I'm excited to be alive, babes. Um, What did this past year teach me about myself? It taught me that... Trauma never ends. No, it taught me to be more open. A hundred percent, this last year taught me to be more open about literally everything, about meeting new people, about bringing new people into my life, about new situations, scenarios, jobs, all of it, to just be open, just have an open mind and release expectations of where you think you should be. So I honestly, this past year was a hundred percent about open, just being open, and even opening my legs, ladies and gentlemen, woo, which I did, I did indeed. But yeah, just being open and not having, I have a very much, I have an image in my head how I know how I want my life to be. I've said this probably 15 fucking times on the episode, but like of just, yeah, just to be open and accept new people and new things for what they are. And also like you can't control anybody. I think that's a big one too because sometimes my friends do stupid fucking shit and I want to punch them in the head and I'm like, you're such a dumb bitch. But all I have to do is be there for them. And that's what I've had to realize too is like I can't control their actions. I just have to be there for them whatever they do and support it no matter what they do. I think that's been a really big realization for me actually is like you can't tell people what to do as much as you're like, I want to literally punch this bitch in the head and get her out of this situation. I have to let her live her life and I'm going to support her no matter what she does. And if that's being with shitty men, then I'm going to support her like no other. The good, the bad, I'll be there no matter what. That is something. And you cannot control what they do. That's a big thing. And just being open to new people. Because I do get really like, I'm nervous and I don't really want new people in my life. But now I'm just trying to be more open. What in my life makes me the happiest? Why did I want to say coffee? Coffee really does make me genuinely happy. Um, Makes me the happiest is being around people I love and laughing with them. That's something that makes me so happy. And that was so cliche, but that is what makes me happiest. Also, when I achieve my goals that I've set out to. And I'm like, I achieved that goal. Thank God. Those are like the things that make me happy. Who's my favorite comedian? This is... I've loved Dave Chappelle before the backlash came out about his new series. Um, And the reason why I've loved Dave Chappelle is because he's always pushed the line. And this is, please take in mind, this is before everything that I'm, this is just growing up who I was, who inspired me to do comedy. So don't take it as I'm saying it right now because I know all the backlash and controversy he's facing currently. And I will not say I fully 
support everything that he's done. You know what I mean? But I've always been told in all my comedy classes, like, Livy, here's the line, and here's you. You're way over the line. Bring it back. And to me, Dave Chappelle is somebody who's always gone over the line, and sometimes it's really successful for him, and sometimes it's clearly not. But he's somebody who pushed limits and boundaries, and that's something that I always did. They'd be like, you're really going to do that? And I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm fucking going to do that. And just like, this is the line. This is Livy. Like, you need to get back, and just like, you got to tame yourself a little bit. I feel like I've always been told to like relax or like tame myself or just you can't say that. You can't do that. And it's I'm like, I'm not hurting anybody. So fuck all the way off. But yeah, Dave Chappelle is somebody I've really admired for a long time. Not saying with his new stuff, don't put words in my mouth, but that is somebody growing up who I really loved. What would my morning routine consist of if berries wasn't a thing? You know I'm addicted to berries boot camp, but you guys, there is one thing that I am doing. Um... I am ending my long-term affair with Barry's boot camp. I am sad about it. No, I'm not. This is 100% my choice. I'm joining Equinox. Literally, I'm go because I need to budget and I want to save for my big move. So I'm going from 400 a month to 200 a month. Um, that's me budgeting in my eyes. So fuck all the way off if you have opinions about it. My friends were like, "That's not a budget," and I was like, "You don't know how absolutely difficult this is for me." So everyone lives the life they want to live. I like to spend a lot of money on my workout classes. Clearly, but yes, I'm not gonna be doing berries as of January one. I'll be at Equinox. Don't come visit me, you fucking weirdos. Anyways, most listened to podcast episode. What is my most listened to podcast episode this year? It is Sex in the City minus this of my podcast. Sex in the City minus the sex. And then it's also Taking Over TikTok featuring Maisie. And then it's The Boyfriend Method. Those three are my top ones and they're separated by like three listens or something like that like they're very close in the running of who's gonna win that you know what I mean babes you know literally know what I mean um yes oh also my morning routine is gonna look the exact same instead of berries I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna be an equinox so I didn't really say that but if I didn't have berries or the gym what would my morning routine consist of probably a lot of depression yeah fully depressed I literally go to the gym to heal my depression and that's about it no, I don't. I just I love it. My most vulnerable moment in the last six months. Why did I get a little teary-eyed thinking about this? Okay. There's someone that I never talk about on this podcast. And I think, I don't know. I don't really think I've spoken about him. Um, in, this is weird. In, I hate this. This is me actually opening up and being vulnerable. In... When did I meet him? You think I met him in July? Okay, in July, I met this guy. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with him. I've definitely mentioned him. I'm like, I don't want to date. I don't want anything to do with him. Like, this is stupid. And I had not had talked to anybody or had sex since my assault. In So it had been a year since like, wait, not like a year, almost a year. It had been almost a year since I've had sex and like talked to anybody. And then I met this guy in July. This guy was truly amazing. Like, such a good fucking guy. Like, just, we had a great connection. Um, 
and he would take me on amazing dates. Like every date I went on with him was like, couldn't get better and better. Like he always took me literally on the best dates. And I was like, this is literally amazing. And he was genuinely so nice to me. He was so good to me. He texted me all the time, FaceTimed me all the time, genuinely made me feel wanted, made me feel, I don't even want to say loved, but like kind of loved, you know, like we didn't, he just like made me feel wanted and like he was just, basically he was just like everything any guy should always treat you as. And he definitely came into my life during a time that was so difficult where I was like, I literally hate men. I want nothing to do with them. And he definitely changed my mind a little bit. And he was the first person I had sex with after my assault. This is so deep and vulnerable of me. But he was just great for me in that moment. Like, I needed someone like that. He understood. He was really kind and caring about it. So... Yeah, like that was probably my most vulnerable time in my life of how vulnerable I was and how open I was to him. I It took me a while to even open up to him and stuff like that, but just having my him in my life when I did have him in my life was really great because he definitely like opened me up to the idea of dating and like sex and like living a normal life again and like being normal and not hating all men. Um... So getting to the point of when I was my most vulnerable was probably... Because I really don't get vulnerable often. I actually really don't. And that's actually something I'm really annoyed about. I feel like since my assault, I've kind of lost a lot of touch with like emotions and stuff like that. And I just don't get as vulnerable and soft as I used to. Which I used to be a lot more like loving and caring, I guess we could say. Um, so when him and I ended things... Per my request, per my request, we ended things. No, but we ended things. And the last night we had together, he like slept over. No, I think I, no, I don't think he slept over. Um, But he was in my apartment and I was like, I we had went to dinner and I had ended things at dinner. And then we came back to my apartment and did a little, did a little dance. And then at the end, he was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And I was like thank you so much and he's like for what and I was like just helping me close that chapter on the assault and just like being so great to me during a rough time and that was when I was my most vulnerable was when I was saying goodbye to him I just think it was like a really hard year and having him in my life when I did was very much needed and very much appreciated and he was great to me and every time a new guy comes into my life and they're like let's just chill like let's just hang out I was like I'm not going from going on $500 dates to just hanging out with your fat ass like absolutely not like he definitely just hit the standards that I had and I'm very grateful that he helped me get through a sexual assault without even knowing it and just made me feel comfortable again with sex and with myself in sex, basically. So yeah, that was when I was the most vulnerable. Biggest thing I've learned from making midday matcha. Whew, 
the biggest thing I've learned is not everybody's going to like what you have to say. Um, yeah, not everyone's going to like what you have to say. Not everyone's going to support what you have to say. Even the closest people to you will not support what you're doing always, but it doesn't really matter about them because as long as you're making yourself happy, that's all that fucking matters. Also, like consistency is the biggest thing. Like if you're not going to be consistent, you might as well just not do a podcast or just anything in general. No, I'm just saying in general, like consistency is key if you want to see growth and just challenging myself to put out 50 episodes a year is fucking exhausting. Don't get me wrong, but like that's what's needed to grow and be successful and I definitely feel as if it's taught me like responsibility in a way and just commitment for sure just being so fucking committed but it's also taught me like not everyone's gonna have gonna like what you have to say and I also I don't give a fuck it's definitely raised my confidence too a lot best memory of my past year what is my best memory of my past year um New York when I went to New York with my friends for that girls weekend, just every single minute and moment in New York with them was amazing. And I loved every minute of it. So that's going to be my best memory from the past year, for sure. Just every little moment in my girls weekend in New York. I loved it. There isn't one thing I would have changed about that New York trip. Maybe I would have got longer hair extensions, but that's about it, loves. And what is the future of Midday Matcha. I'm personally adding this one in just because I want to tell you guys because it's a question for me, whatever. Um, I am rebranding this podcast, which means it's really not that dramatic. I feel as if I've talked a lot about the past for the past 80 episodes or how long I've done this. I've really focused on the past and all the traumas and the hurts and all those things that I've been through, which is great for you guys because you guys get a fresh ear to listen to that. But what I've been doing is I've been reliving those traumas and like traumas that I've healed. I'm opening a new wound every time I do an episode on the topic and I'm fully reliving it by talking about it, by editing it, by posting it, by hearing feedback from it. And it is making me feel a little stagnant, but it's also draining my energy like no other. Also, I've addressed every single topic in the past that I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about anything else from the past anymore. I want to move forward. There's a lot that's happened this year, and there's a lot that's happening to me currently that I haven't spoken about that I would love to bring into the podcast. So the podcast moving forward is really not going to be about the past anymore. I'm not talking about my abusive exes anymore. I'm really not going to talk about my eating disorder as much. Unless that bitch makes her reappearance, then I'll talk about her. I'm not going to talk about, I just cannot mentally and physically keep talking about the past. Like the past is in the past. I'm done. We're not talking about my twin flame. We're not talking about the assault anymore. We're not talking about that. I'm done. I've grown. I'm a new person. I literally feel like a brand new person from that. So I want to focus on the present. And that's what I'm going to say about the rebrand is that everything will be on the present. We're no longer talking about the past. And I honestly encourage you not to talk about the past anymore either. Because it does nothing but drain the absolute fuck out of you, babes. It literally does nothing but drain you. Like, literally nothing. So, that's what's going to happen moving forward. So, love you. And thank you for supporting me. I hope everyone had a beautiful year. I won't be doing Midday Matcha next week because I want to celebrate Christmas with my motherfucking family. 
Um, this was an emo episode. Did I cry? Yeah. What was that? That was literally so weird of me. Anyways, I don't think I've ever been this open and vulnerable in a really long time. So I'm happy that I was able to do that. I'm happy. I hope I let you in on some things that maybe you didn't know. Um, but yeah, this is just like a deeper, closer look into me because I'm self-obsessed narcissist. No, I'm not a narcissist, please. So that is it for this week's episode. Go buy my merch. I'm linking the link below. The link is in my Instagram bio, my TikTok bio, which if you're wondering, Livy, what's your Instagram? What's your TikTok? At she is Livy, okay? I'm like, do I have to spell that out for you guys? S-H-E-I-S-L-I-V-I. Because I'm like, it kind of sounded like I said cheese is Livy. And I'm like, that's not it. Um, I hope all of you a beautiful holiday season. And I will see you in two weeks for the new Midday Matcha. Work.